HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Um, hello, welcome to Life's a Banquet. It's a podcast about everything edible, spreadable, and pourable. And it's starring me, your co-host, uh, Keanu Reeves from The Matrix. <laughs> and me, Keanu Reeves from Point Break. Ooh, good Keanu Reeves. I truly thought you were going to say Keanu Reeves from The Lighthouse. Just kidding. I met The Lake House. <laughs> oh, <laughs> From To the Lighthouse, the Virginia Woolf book. <laughs> no, the lighthouse, the one with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, where they like, oh, they play mermaids, seagulls. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a remake of Mermaids with Cher. <laughs> and I have something I want to share with you. Oh, okay, good. Um, I am trying to work myself out of a deep, dark depression, so I have taken to bacon. Baking. Not bacon. That is not bacon. I've used no bacon yet. But um, I just concocted what I feel like is maybe the most delicious bread I've ever made, which is a sour cream and onion focaccia. No, I saw that this morning as I woke up and scrolled through Instagram in my morning ritual. (laughs) Well, I know. That's the problem. That's actually probably contributing to my bad mood. But um, I, yeah, it just came out of the oven. It's fantastic. I was like, too many raw onions. What will happen? But then it all seemed fine. They got cooked. At the end. Yeah. They got cooked. You'd love it. You're going to love the way you look in this focaccia. <laughs> Slathered in onions and cream. How are you? I'm fine. It's finally not boiling hot here today. So that's good. It is raining, of course. Yeah. I reached a, a literal boiling point the other day where I'm like, <laughs> and I'm the kind of person who can usually just like be outside no matter what. I love the summer. I love being hot. It's like never too hot for me. I'm like, yay, it's not cold. 
but I was so hot the other day. Like I, my heart started racing and I was worried I would pass away from heat stroke. <laughs> and so I like crawled into my bed in the middle of the day and put on what has become my new favorite show, the Kardashians. Oh <laughs> no, you're watching it. Wait, I thought they canceled it. No, they did a new season. They did a season that came out. I'd never like watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians ever. Um, but let me tell you, if you like me are having a hard time, uh, getting through each day because of the world crumbling around you, may I suggest a brain break called the card, look Kardashians. Well, I don't know if that would be my vibe. I feel like they're, I just don't like the way those shows are structured. I agree. And I've never watched really a reality show in my life. I think I watched the Ozzy Osbourne one like back in the day and of oh, course yeah. the real world, but like I've never watched like the housewives. I'm, I'm not, it's completely not my vibe, but I was like, I kept trying to watch things that had some kind of importance to them or like good acting. And then I was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Can't do it. I'm panicking. And so I just put on the Kardashians and my life changed. Okay. And I still don't feel well, but I feel because now it's over. I watched all the episodes. Oh, no. <laughs> well, can't you start at, like, season one of the original show, which has, like, 4,000 seasons? Yeah, I could. It's not the same, really. I mean, this just seems... I did try watching an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and it just... It was missing something that this had. A little je ne sais quoi. What's interesting is that I read a review of this new <clears throat> season, and they said the opposite. They said the new season... The new series is missing something because... It just seems like nobody really is into it anymore. That's true. Everybody seemed, it was very thrown together. I was like, what am I even watching? Like, what's the point of this? It was so lame. But I, re- in all seriousness, it actually really allowed me to stop thinking for That's like funny. 45 minutes at a time, which I really needed. And I was like, I see the value in this for oh, this sure. specific reason. I'm not saying people shouldn't watch it. I just don't particularly like it I've been watching all of the Umbrella Academy though which is like many hours of my life because they're 10 episodes long and there's three seasons and I've completed them all but that helped me get through my dark period but now I don't have anything and now I don't have anything to watch though I started watching The Tourist it's not very good what's The Tourist is that about J-Lo and Ben Affleck on their honeymoon in Paris (laughs) no I did see the pictures of that though um no it's Jamie Dornan, I think his name is, um, who's like the serial killer in that other show with Scully from, you know, um, the X Files. The X Files. The X Files. Um, he basically everything sounds good. He wakes up with amnesia after a dude in a semi crashes into his car in the middle of the Australian outback, and. While he's trying to figure out who he is, people are trying to kill him. And he's like, you guys, why are you trying to kill me? I don't. Can you just tell me what the deal is? And they're like, no, I'm going to kill you. But. Well, kind of like Memento. Yes. Um, Without the tattoos. But he, there are some good characters in it. Um, But I just couldn't really. It just like, it's too slow. So then I decided I'm going to watch a show called Sasquatch. Ah, amazing. How can you go wrong? A big hairy Sasquatch? Well, it's a documentary about this unsolved murder in Northern California, but it also is about how California is super fucked up. (laughs) 
Yeah, and fucking teeming with Sasquatches. They're everywhere. Yeah, they are everywhere. Um, yeah, it's basically about how like a lot of right wing people live in California, and I haven't even watched it yet, but it sounds good. Well, that's interesting, and I will watch that too. But you know, it's kind of the way people think about right, like California and New York, as though there are these big you know, whatever, quote, like, blue states, but really, like, there's some of the most conservative people live in California and New York. Yeah. I mean, New York is essentially a red state. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what happens. It's basically, it's also about the really psychotic stuff going on with weed farming there. And there's basically, like, a land grab going on right now, which I didn't even think about um, when they legalized marijuana. So people are, like, Basically, the, the unsolved murder is of three people who are working on a uh, cannabis farm. I actually know this story. I remember hearing it on some podcast like long ago, but I don't remember it exactly. Yeah. Well, oh, chances are a Sasquatch did not infect Ethan, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Dude, I mean, have we learned nothing from Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> well, he was in Oregon, wasn't he? Yeah, but he could have gotten to California by now. That's true. Or whenever this murder happens. I don't know how long Sasquatches live. Okay, now here's a real serious question about Sasquatch. <laughs> Are, is there supposed to only be one Sasquatch? Like, you know, there's only one Frankenstein? Or is it like a Sasquatch? Like, um, are there multiple Sasquatch? I believe Sasquai? there are multiple Sasquatch. Okay, great. So they could be anywhere. And who is starting these forest fires? Have we even asked ourselves those questions? Well, Sasquatches? Here's what I think. I think that it's an inside job. I think Smokey the Bear is starting the fires. Oh, he's an uh, like an arsonist. Like he just wants like firefighters who start fires because they just want the like <laughs> credit of going to put them out. He's like, only you can prevent forest fires because I am starting them. <laughs> <laughs> what an evil fucking bear. What a masochist. Continuing to burn down his own home over and over and over again. Actually, he probably lives in some like glossy mansion. Yeah, he in probably Sacramento. Has, yeah, he probably has a ton of cash. Yeah, he's a rich ass bear. From all those years of being the spokesperson <laughs> for trees or whatever. <laughs> the forest. He's working for Big Forest, and now we know the secrets out. We are revealing secrets left and right. <laughs> What's next? Nicole, have you got any celeb gossip for us today? Well, yeah, very strange to just Google celebrity gossip and see what turns up and go next week. <laughs> I want to do a little bit more targeted research. So, first of all, Paul Sorvino is dead. Mm, R.I.P. <sighs> yeah. Um, he, Father of Mira Sorvino. He was in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> That's his most famous yes, role. <laughs> yes, known for being, uh, what, he was Julia, Julia, oh my God, Claire Danes, I meant to say, not Julia. I was like, between Juliet and Claire Danes, I said <laughs> Julia. He's Julia Louis-Dreyfus's father, famously. He plays Julia Louis-Dreyfus's father in Romeo and Juliet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the original title was Romeo and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> they changed it. Um, and then the other big news that I found is that Blake Lively posted a swimsuit Instagram, like an Instagram of her in a swimsuit, to advertise some non-alcoholic sparkling beverage. And there was a bunch of sharks in the video. So everyone of her fans is now having nightmares. <laughs> oh my god well there is a i don't know if you've been keeping up with the kardashians but there's a big 
shark problem out here on Long Island. Yeah. Many bites. I have um, a shark tracker app on my phone. Mm, oh, I have that too because you told me about it. And then, so now, just in the last couple of weeks, I started getting alerts constantly because it basically tells you every time there's a sighting and the beach is closed. We saw when the, well, I wasn't with my stepdad. We went to the beach on Saturday and my parents went back on Sunday and they saw, like, there was, like, a police boat, a cab, um, and, like, helicopters, and I guess they were trying to stab a shark to death offshore somewhere. But then my stepdad saw it then. They were going to stab it to death? Yeah, that's what they do. They find it and they just stab it or strangle it. Why? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I think they tag it. I think they tag it or something and then shoo it away. Um, yeah, well, somebody said that we don't really need to worry about them that much. They're, they're, close, yeah. they're closer to shore because of global warming, but they're probably still not going to eat you. Yes, and they're also closer to shore in Long Island because of conservation efforts um, that have happened since 2018 to clean up the water around um, Long Island, and it's, like, worked. So the water is much, much clearer, and that's another reason there are too many sharks. If you go out, like, the past year, or, like, even last year when I was out at Moses, the water is, like, crystal clear. It looks like the Caribbean. It's wild. Weird. Um, yeah. But did you say people have been bitten by sharks out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody got bit, like a 16-year-old kid got bit, um, and then a great white shark, a baby great white, uh, washed up on the shore in Quag, which is in the Hamptons. Was it dead? Mm-hmm, it was dead, and then it was pulled right back into the sea. By a shark? <laughs> by and a bigger shark. Its mom? Its mom came to get it. It was like, oh, I got it. I was making up a funeral for you. <laughs> It's crazy looking, though. I like it. I mean, look, I don't want to get eaten by a shark. I've been very conservative with my swimming. But um, I love that the sharks are taking back the earth. And I hope they come start coming on land and fighting people there as well. Because <laughs> we're not doing anything good. So we deserve to be punished by sharks. That's how I see it. Yeah. If I saw a shark walking on land, I'd be like, okay, I guess this is it. Time to die. Oh, speaking of which, I watched the new James Bond movie. Spoiler alert. I don't ever watch James Bond movies. Is it called Time to Die? I think it's called, like, No Time to Die or... It's practically Time to Die. Might as well just die already. Um, (laughs) And I really, like, I haven't watched a James Bond movie, you know, since I don't even remember when. But uh, my parents wanted to watch it, so we watched it. It was really fun. And then fucking James Bond dies in the end. Um, I think you're supposed to say spoiler alert before you say that. I did. I said that. I said spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> or just earlier. Um, he dies. And I was like, why in this time in human history, when everything is so bleak, do we also need James Bond to die in the end of the movie? It was so sad. I couldn't believe it. And Daniel Craig lives in my neighborhood. So next time I pass him, I'm going to take this up with him on the street. Well, it says, it says no time to die. That's the name of the movie. So it's sort of a misnomer. It's an he, extreme misnomer. He clearly found the time to die. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this seems like a good time to die. And we're like, wait a minute, buddy. <clears> he dies? So I, James Bond is over? Dies. I just thought that it was got, Daniel Craig's last James Bond. I didn't realize it was, he's like, if I can't be James Bond, no one can be James Bond. Well, I think they're going to have a woman 007. Because some, uh, there was like a woman who was like, played 007 in the movie. Like she had gotten his number or something. I don't know. Again, I'm not like really up on all this stuff. But I think she's going to take over as like the new... 007, although she's not James Bond unless she changes her name legally because, I mean, he's dead. He doesn't need it anymore. That's true. She could change her name to James because there's that famous actress who's named James. Or Bames John. Ba- Bames is also a great name. Also, they said in, 
<clears throat> things dying, that the Chaco Taco is discontinued. I know, devastating. The Choco Taco is a wonderful treat. Although when I heard this news, I was like, who's really getting Choco Tacos nowadays? Like, who's keeping this, you know, business afloat? Ice cream trucks. Right. But like, you know, I don't think ice cream trucks are as popular as they used to be. And I just like, I don't really think Choco Taco, I don't think like this generation fucking has any appreciation for Choco Tacos. And that's too bad. Because they were delicious, and they're shaped like a fucking taco. What else do you want? I mean, honestly. I just think that, why would they bother discontinuing them? Like, why can't they just make them? Like, how many people eat Klondike bars? Barely anyone, but they still make Klondike well, that's bars. Like the worst. Klondike bars are the worst frozen dessert ever created. I love opinion. Klondike bars. I wouldn't do anything for a Klondike bar. In fact, I'd do something to get away from a Klondike bar. I enjoy a Klondike bar a lot, but the problem is, when ah. you, as you eat it, it melts in your hand, and that's annoying. Um, it's ridiculous. It needs a stick. <clears throat> it it does, or a taco shell, which is essentially a choco taco is essentially a Klondike bar in a ta- in a waffle cone shell with nuts. With nuts, yeah. What's on a Klondike bar? Like crispies? Just plain chocolate. I th- I always thought there was like a crunchy textured layer. No, I mean I think the originals are just plain. There might be different just variations. Yeah. Mm. And you then, know what I love? What oh, chipwich. Chipwitch is the best. I don't know what that is. <gasps> Mercy me, I'm aghast. I'm aghast <laughs> in my own podcast. You're really blurry. Um, I can't tell what your facial expression is. <laughs> I'm smiling from ear to ear. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, a Chipwitch, Nicole, is Earth's most delicious frozen treat you can get the from an ice cream truck. Ice cream it's sandwich? Cookie. Yeah. Yeah, with cookies and little chips on the edges. I like um, the... Snickers ice cream bars. Those are fucking dank. Those are del- those are really good. I really want I one of those right now. I wonder, can I even yeah. find those? I guess the regular grocery store probably has those. Yeah, the regular grocery store would definitely have them. Those are absolutely delicious. And you know, uh, I'm kind of a sicko, so I also do have like a special place in my heart for those really terrible strawberry shortcake. Oh no, I like, like those. Short the goody ones. On the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, those yeah, are those delicious. Are delicious. Okay, good. I'm glad we can agree. And I know I'm going to say something. I can almost guarantee you're not going to like this, but a creamsicle is for me. No, I don't like that. I knew it. How did I know you didn't like a creamsicle? I don't like orange and cream mixed together. It's against God's plan. You know what? I generally would agree with you, but there's something that's just been burned into my brain about a creamsicle that I find delicious. (laughs) I love it. Okay, now that's quite enough. Do we have anything else to say about celebrity gossip, or should we get into this topic today? Because I'm going to tell you something, Nicole. I have, I have a lot to say. Okay. And I think you are going to have a lot to say too. In fact, <laughs> this is not going to be so much of a retelling as a conversation between two old women who <laughs> used to love to party. <laughs> um, it's going to be great. Great. I'm ready. I'm ready. No more celebrity gossip this year. Okay, thank the Lord. Now, let's take an early break because we're not going to want to, like, you know, stop our combo. So we're going to take a quick break now, and we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the tabard is comprised of 35 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail served on the beautiful patio, which has ample room for social distancing. 
Travelers from around the world find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. And we're back. And I brought a uh, little tiny baggie of cocaine for us to slip into the bathroom and do before I get into my story. Yay, thank you. I know, I figured we could use it because today, Nicole, we are going to reminisce about a very popular part, a very like special part of both of our upbringings. But first, I'm going to bring you back to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, we, I remember it when it used to all be farmland. That's right, folks. We're here at Williamsburg in the early aughts. Now, I personally moved to Williamsburg uh, in the year 2005, 2004, 2005. When did you move there? Or to like... you. Bushwick or wherever. Well, I moved to Bushwick in 2005 or 2004. I can't remember. And then I moved back. I only stayed for about a couple of months. And then I'm, you know, like nine months or something. And then I moved back to Williamsburg proper in 2008. Okay, great. So as I, I already know, but just to inform our listener who probably already knows, uh, we were both at, in this area at this time. In what Honestly, and without irony, was the heyday. It was a lot of fun back in the day, and I'm glad that I get to spend this time here in my youth, even though looking back at it now is embarrassing, slightly. (laughs) It was very, very fun. Um, And it's very weird to see what it's become today. I really don't like having to go over there, to be honest, and not to be a negative Nancy, but, I mean, there's some things that are in Williamsburg which are still, I don't know, fun to do, like Like, Belmonte's, but... Oh, yeah, and Commodore. And, of course, the Commodore, which will never age out. But I'm going to remind you just quickly before I get into my actual topic of a couple of the places of yesteryear, which many of are closed, um, but were near and dear to my heart, and I'm sure yours. So jump in at any time if you want to recall a memory from any of these places. Enid's. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. We're in Greenpoint where you could go. And that opened really early on. That was, like, early, early 2000s. And it was like, you know, sit at brunch and get wasted and then go back at night for like a crazy, crazy dance party. Mm-hmm. Um, very fun. Still in operation, basically across the street from where Enid's used to be, is Matchless. Wait, are they still in operation? I think so. I think Matchless is still there, yeah. I thought they closed. Maybe, but and I, if they did, it was very recently. Okay. Um, and then there was a place where me and my friends spent a lot of time. I don't know if you remember, it was on Kent Avenue. It was like... A huge backyard. There was always crazy parties there. It was called Miss Williamsburg. 
Miss Williamsburg? Yeah, it was called Miss Williamsburg. It was like on the uh, it was on the north side, on like Twelfth and like Kent, and it had like a little restaurant and then a huge backyard. When the restaurant would close, you'd have to go through the kitchen to like go to the bathroom. If you were like the backyard and the bar was still like going on, it was like barely a real place. You know what <laughs> I mean? It was kind of like it wasn't like a rest like it was a restaurant, but it was barely a restaurant. Um, um, no, I don't remember and, that place, but Matchless is in fact closed and has been since oh. 2018. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I thought it was still open. That's so weird. Anyway, so um, we would you'd have to go through the kitchen once this place closed to get to the bathroom, and like we, you know, in the summertime, like if you were doing cocaine, sometimes it get really sticky. So we'd like <laughs> be in this restaurant kitchen, like using the microwave to like dry out cocaine like partying and like this is what the it really was like all farmland and then there was that place cookies which had a room that sold actual coke mm-hmm. i never went to cookies now <clears throat> yeah which is now the levy cookies with a k yeah there was relish do you remember relish mm-hmm. relish is on white avenue and it was like that um silver diner car and now it's lascania oh yeah <clears throat> i went there i didn't i thought it was it was called something else in between lascania and relish i believe okay, well it was relish for a long time and i loved it they used to have delicious veggie burgers and i would go there all the time okay obviously this one you know black betty which is now the commodore yes black betty they had an amazing bathroom in there <laughs> such a great bathroom and it was like um middle eastern and then also it would turn into a dance party so you'd yes. be like eating hummus and then all of a sudden people would be like raging around you and like making out and doing yeah. drugs a lot of drugs back in this time period not like now um, <laughs> Not like now, and it's totally chill. I mean, I guess I'm not doing drugs now, so I figure nobody else is. No, um, they just had a giant was... Shrek rave. I'm pretty sure they're still doing drugs. Oh, my God. I can't believe we didn't talk about the Shrek rave. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, you know what? I kind of love this, even though I've never seen Shrek. I do love the word Shrek. <laughs> I love, like, Shrek-flavored things. Like, you would always say like, Shrek Slurpees and, like, Shrek pancakes, Shrek cereal. I'm like, Shrek is such a funny flavor for something because <laughs> it's a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this Shrek rave. I just guess because I wasn't invited. I'm sad about it. <laughs> it's the end of the world. They let them have a Shrek rave. Um, okay, so Bonita, of course. Oh, one yeah. of Uncle Charlo's early restaurants, that Mexican restaurant, which was so fun. It was, I thought it was delicious then. Um, absolutely loved it. And, of course, Dumont, R.I.P. Dumont. And R.I.P. to the owner of Dumont. There's Diner, which is still there. There's Kellogg's which is still there. And then I just put these in the middle, even though these aren't foods or places. Cheap Monday jeans, Urban Outfitters, and Gaucho pants. <laughs> cheap Monday. Oh, my God. I forgot about Cheap Monday. Multicolored tortilla chips. Oh, yeah. Those um, are still cool, though. The Trader Joe's yeah. ones are good. Tofu. Oh, okay. This was a sandwich that I used to always get at Hana. Do you know Hana Food on Metropolitan? That's Sally. Yeah, I think that really sandwich delivered. was called the Shrek. Oh my god, get the fuck out of here. It was tofu, honey mustard, and brie and sprouts and a wrap. Oh, the one that I used to get was on a sandwich where it was like tofu and pesto and it I'm pretty sure it was called the I think it's still well, no, they changed all their sandwiches, but um I love that place. And they deliver twenty four seven and we used to like get food delivered there at like four in the morning and like sandwiches and it was great. Yeah, they would deliver and you could get cigarettes delivered too. Yeah, so you can get a cigarettes lover, which is fucking clutch, especially when you are doing drugs. Um, and then some <laughs> of the great bar, bars of the time, Royal Oak, which used to have an actual room in the middle, which was called a Coke room, where everyone would just sit around and do cocaine. Yes. Uh, not me, but other people. 
Um, yes, it definitely, then, it was tofu cutlet, avocado, and pesto, the Shrek sandwich at Manala. <laughs> oh my God, dude, who knew Shrek was going to be such an underlying theme of this episode? I love it. Welcome, Shrek. Welcome to the show. <laughs> um, and then Sweet Ups, uh, like, of course, PBR, Modelo, Four Loco, Biscuits and Gravy, Sea Thai, The Lodge. Do you remember The Lodge where, like, Leo is now? It used to be that place called The Lodge. Oh, yeah. Like, I used to go there all the time, even though it was so expensive. They had great tater tots. <clears throat> I loved it there, and I had such a crush on one of the owners, and now I'm like, yeah, okay, I, like, just looked... I don't know. I shouldn't say anything about him. I just had a crush on the owner. That was definitely... I, like, threw, I threw myself at him, and he did not like me. Definitely, like, post-cocaine brunch vibe. Like, just everyone's done Absolutely. doing coke, and they're at the lodge, eating tater tots. Mm-hmm. Eating, drinking, like, five Bloody Marys and eating biscuits and gravy with ketchup on it. I remember um, also when they got rid of their tater tots briefly, and I was so upset, and I talked to my server about it, and he was like, here, sign this petition to bring the tater tots <laughs> back because everyone's pissed and the owner's an idiot. And so I did, and they brought them back. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, I remember I was sitting outside there one time having brunch and a fucking rat crawled into some woman's purse that was right next to me. <laughs> that sounds adorable. Ter- terrible. It's like a start of like some kind of it's like I think that's how the Shrek started. Um Okay, and then M Shanghai, Pete's Candy Store, Trash Bar, Clem. Trash bar just to name a few. I know. Aww. Just to name a few places, and of course the turkey's nest. Trash bar is now a workout area, like a gym. Or yeah, something? it's a boxing gym. That's right. <laughs> and it's a boxing gym. Turkey's nest is still there, right? Yes, it is. There were rumors that it was going to close, but I don't think it closed. And no, Cle- it didn't. Um, Clems is still there. And Clems. Mm-hmm. I spent a fucking lot of time at Clems. That was maybe one of my biggest hangouts, except for the next hangout that you may have noticed I left off the list. The most ubiquitous Williamsburg bar of all times, which until about two weeks ago was still open. They are planning to reopen. That's right, Nicole. Union Pool. Oh, right. They caught on fire. They caught on fire. So, but you missed Union some... Pool. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please. What? Let's hear. Where I was I thinking of the, the free pizza place where you didn't... You sit there. It's oh, on. Alligator Lounge? No, not Alligator. It was on actual um, 7th Avenue or 7th, whatever the main drag is in Williamsburg. Oh, North 7th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it was like a metal Rosemary's? bar. Yes. No, Rosemary's, Rosemary's. Is, is a pizza place. This place is a bar, like a metal bar. Yeah. Rose- mm-hmm. I know you're talking about. On Bedford. Yeah. Oh, it's on Bedford, not 7th. That's right. It's on Bedford. Yeah. It's- I think it's called Rosemary's. I'm pretty sure. No, Rosemary's was like the dive bar. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm, like, having trouble remembering. Oh, man, I can't believe I don't remember this. They gave you free pizza. I know what you're talking about. And then Alligator Lounge also gave you free pizza. And, of course, Metropolitan, the greatest gay bar of all time. So fun with margaritas. Brett and saw Bjork there. (laughs) That's really funny. Crazy. And, I mean, there's, like, a shit ton of other places. I'm forgetting. What was that restaurant that was, like, in the Moto? Remember Moto on Broadway? Oh, yeah. We used to always go there, even though I don't think it was very good. (laughs) No, it was very good, but it was just... No, no, it was, like... No, it wasn't pizza. It was just, like, whatever, New American New American. And then Zebulon. Oh, Zebulon! Are they still there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. And then I'm thinking of one other place. What was the place that had the sand on the floor on Lake North 7? Oh, my God. In Bedford? I can't remember that place. Rudy broke the, Rudy broke the toilet there and was banned for life. And then there was <laughs> um, Sweetwater, like the first, like, 
one of the, you know, like pseudo fancy restaurants. Down yeah, which on was terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Um, There's also, but, yeah, just a couple. The, um, your friend's bar, the, the girls dancing on the bar. Oh, yeah, the tender trap. But that wasn't really, that, they didn't open that until like 2010. <clears throat> oh, okay. Or maybe later. It says mid odds. Um, but we'll, I'm sure we'll think of more as the episode goes on. But my <laughs> topic today is Union Pool. Oh, now, okay. I was, my topic is Union Pool. Um, Union Pool is... The Charleston. That's the a Charleston. Point. That's a thing. Thank the Lord. I'm glad you remember. <laughs> yes, the Charleston. And then there is the Gibson, which was down where my yeah. friend Kyle used to work. Um, okay. So anyway, I want to talk to you today about Union Pool. Now, I used to live around the corner from Union Pool, which almost ended my life several times <laughs> uh, back in the day. I lived like two blocks away from Union Pool. And we would go there all the fucking time all the time it was the hangout was the place like maybe you'd go other places the night but you would always at some point end up at union pool and it was always like a crazy fucking scene they had the photo booth they had the outside where you'd smoke a full pack of cigarettes with like an illegal fire pit back there this is before <laughs> taco truck days this is days when like you were short of me to freak daddy where like the yeah would like roll up and like play a show I've seen every fucking cool band from that time period there. I've done mountains of blow. I've <laughs> done nefarious things in the bathroom with people, even though you're not allowed to go, go to the bathroom people. I've made friends with the bouncers, the bartenders. I've, I, it was like my spot. How do you feel about Union Pool? What are your memories about Union Pool? I didn't hang out there as much as you did, um, but we definitely went there a lot. It was just like the place to go to the point yes. where it and became you, like, no one wanted to go there anymore. <laughs> yeah, it became like, oh, my God. So I met one of my boyfriends that I dated for four years at Union Pool. I met Marty at Union Pool. Marty, like, uh, Marty fame. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's <laughs> yeah. favorite bartender, Marty. Yeah. And we, like, you know, hooked up for a while because we met at Union Pool. Um, so many fucking things happened there. One time I was there and, like, we met this guy who was wearing, like, army helmet had this big backpack and we're like what's in the backpack like me and rudy and our friend amanda and um he's like oh well i'm into like taxidermy and he like pulls out like like a bunch of he would like dumpster dive at like vets or something and find like dead animals and like cut them up and sew them together and he had a backpack full of them and then rudy like went home with them i think <laughs> with his <laughs> army helmet on yeah and like that's the kind of shit that would happen at Union Pool but I've also just like had the best time and like I was just always like such a blast so anyway I was looking for a topic to do and then I came across this article by a wonderful writer Allison Davis who we're like Instagram friends and she's super fucking cool and a great writer and this article is really fun and, and awesome I think it's like a 2018 article it's called how Union Pool became the horny utopia of 2000s Williamsburg. Oh, I enjoy the charm of a dive bar where everyone feels like they might get laid. Yeah. Um, and so she goes on, Allison goes on to say, and thank you for this article, Allison, because it was a joy to read. It was like jumping back into history. And I basically just got everything from my story from this article and my own brain. Um, so she talks about how she moved to Brooklyn and partied at Union Pool, breaks up with her boyfriend shortly thereafter. Um, And she says, quote, and in the immediate hours of my breakup devastation, I went back to Union Pool for the exact reason everyone knows to go to Union Pool. That night, I met a hot guy in a poncho and linen pants and got (laughs) thrown out of the bar for breaking Union Pool's only real bylaw, 
only one person in the bathroom <laughs> at a time. <laughs> Which is a rule I've broken time and time and time and time and time again, but never was kicked out. Um, okay, so it was popular because she says it's popular because it was kind of in the middle of nowhere and it was at that time mm-hmm. everything was kind of in the middle of nowhere at that time except for like maybe being on Bedford Ave and stuff but like if you went to Sweet Ups that felt like in the middle of nowhere if you went to like Bushwick Country Club that felt like in the middle of nowhere you know like everywhere yeah. was like the middle of nowhere kind of but it there wasn't a lot going on in like Meeker Ave or whatever so and she just she says like Williamsburg was lawless at the time and I'm like I couldn't agree more that's like a perfect way of putting it like you literally could do anything we used to like jump onto like trucks and like catch tags we used to like do drugs and like have sex in the street I mean it was it was lawless it was crazy nobody was paying attention <laughs> right it was wild but so fun um Okay, so anyway, it opens in 2000 by Zeb Stewart, who also, like, opened, like, Cafe Colette and Hotel Del Monaco and stuff, but this this was his first project. So Allison goes on to say, like, you know, it's a notorious hookup bar, right? Like, have you ever gone home with anybody or hooked up with anyone or made out with anyone you fool? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> I think when I was going there a lot, I had a boyfriend. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, I am not, like... A one night stand. I've never really had a one night stand, but I've met a lot of people that I like dated or like had one night stands of like making out with or like, you know, heavy petting, (laughs) (laughs) dry humping. Yeah. But yeah, I met like my boyfriend Dan there and we dated for a long time. He he was lovely. So Allison says, quote, I put on some cheap Mondays, rode the subway for an hour, and finally we stood at the bar and looked over the crowd. I was like Mustafa standing with Simba on Pride Rock and explaining that everything that the light touches would be his. What? Where does she live? Did she have to take the subway for an hour to get to Union Pool? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like, maybe she lived on, like, the Upper West Side or something. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, Okay. And this is someone talking from the article. The morning after I ran home with a young woman from Union Pool for the first time, my roommate said to me, quote, oh, you're a real live New York boy now, remembers uh, Irman O'Neill, 30. The Union Pool hookup is a young New York rite of passage. Couldn't agree more. That person's 30 Um, years old, though. (laughs) I know. And I I mean, this was in 2018, so I guess they'd be 34 now. So they were probably just going to Union Pool when they were a child, like a 13-year-old. Um... (laughs) So Allison says, quote, how exactly did this bar become the stuff of horny legends? And how has it remained the stuff of horny legends? Well, after Williamsburg basically turned into Manhattan, Union Pool's bathrooms, quote, may well prove to be the Chelsea Hotel of our generation, a complex writer once argued on a list of best bathrooms to have sex in in New York City. They might actually qualify as a historical landmark at this point. (laughs) Um, and then she, like, also, she's, like, in the Halcyon days before apps, there was one one person there before the one person in the bathroom at a time policy. And back when that girl still sold tamales from the cooler, it felt like a club and house party, um, both environments conducive to free interactions. Um, in terms of hookup accoutrements, it offered reliably good dance party. Plus a, quote, romantic allure of a fire pit in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. So many people reminisce about going home smelling like smoke, Stewart says, Zeb Stewart, the owner. We can still get away with something totally illegal like a fire pit back then. So 
there's just like tons of hidden corners. Like I, we used to have a lot of fun uh, in the photo booth and people like being like, get the fuck out of the photo booth. And we'd just like be in there, like making out, doing drugs, like whatever. Do you, uh, like, do you have any full photo booth memories or? Yeah, I had a lot. And also I just remember that the photo booth line and the bathroom line were the same line. So you had to like figure out which one was which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, remember, I just had, like, a recovered memory of wearing leggings and, like, you know, those, like, vintage, like, black boots that everyone had. They were very yes. basic shape of black boot. And you wear, like, leggings, like, black boots, like, a big, like, kind of, like, ugly sweater in the winter. Yep. And, like, waiting in line at Union Pools. Oh, my God, dude. What a... I don't know <laughs> if I'm, like, traumatized or, like, having, like, a, a wonderful recovered memory or a trauma memory. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, so, it was a dark bar with plentiful hidden corners quote i think the dimly lit area and a labyrinth of rooms makes for a mystery says ilana rubin 28 a comedian and actor you never know what corner you're going to turn and encounter two people very sneakily trying to finger each other (laughs) (laughs) i love it um okay so then like union pool like as you were saying right like there came a point where no one wanted to go there anymore i think the last like i moved out of williamsburg in 2009 mm-hmm. and i think or 2008 and i think like the last i mean i'm sure i went there you know maybe up until like 2012 i can't i don't think i probably really went there very much especially after i opened brucey so yeah i think i probably stopped going regularly around like 2008 2009 and they got a taco truck in the back and it kind of started to become a little bit like, I don't know, feel, well, also Williamsburg started changing, right? So around 2008, yeah. they started doing all like that development, different kind of crowds started moving in. It didn't have the same appeal as it used to. And it just, you know, it really changed. Um, yeah, I think I'm trying to find, I wrote, <laughs> this is embarrassing, of course. <clears throat> I wrote a Yelp review of... Union Pool. Oh my God! I was trying to find old Yelp reviews. I cannot wait to find this. Oh That's amazing. God. They only have like I. I'm not a Yelp member, so I like could only look at like the most recent ones. Oh my God! It's so long. I wrote this 11 years ago. Oh my God! Please, Lord, read the Yelp review. <laughs> it's very like. <laughs> this is the greatest thing to ever happen on this entire podcast since the time when I read my love letter to Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, God. Okay. Um, it's pretty long. So uh, <laughs> I only gave it two stars. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm – okay, here we go. I This is humiliating. So, yeah, it's so here's my review. It's gratifying to vilify hipsters and their sympathizers, especially for me because the calls are coming from inside the house if you catch my trick. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a quick summary <clears throat> they're snooty skinny snarky bloggy bearded smelly their band sucks they have no respect their trust funds are too big they worship the devil they love no age you've heard it all before in fact by now surely everyone in the whole world has heard it all before except for newborn babies and deep sea anglerfish oh my, my god, god you're the funniest person ever <laughs> My own personal problem with Union Pool is not the hipster clientele or their rock hot bods. It's simple lack of personal space. You walk in and this place is freaking jammed with bodies, shoulder to shoulder, butt to butt. Don't even think about trying to pee. And it's not just like that on the weekends anymore, my friends. It's every day of the week. My purse is always getting jostled and I inevitably end up crammed against the wall near the photo booth, sort of half in the bathroom line, not to be mistaken with the photo booth line. 
accidentally bad touching a dozen strangers. <laughs> Listen, pal, I know it's troubling that there are charter buses that bring hundreds of young hip people from not New York City and dump them in Williamsburg every week. And maybe Union Pool is one of the bus stops. But honestly, what are you expecting if not exactly that? <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. I just want to quickly read you. I was trying to find a bunch of like Yelp reviews. The one Yelp review that I could find that I like thought was funny is that this woman said, didn't let us in and were rude to our group solely because we were arrived in a bus. No thanks to this place. <laughs> Literally, it's one of the bus stops. Literally a bus stop from the Upper East Side. <laughs> okay. So wild. So anyway, people started to think it was like became lame because they had like the taco truck and because the clientele started to change. I have always thought it was still like, I, I think it's, I think places change when you can't help when your clientele changes and stuff. But I right. think it's one of those places that in, will endure the test of time and can have many different lives. Definitely. Um, I mean, the clientele also just aged. <laughs> You know, exactly. I mean, we can't expect for a bunch of elderly people, although Alison Davis goes on to say in her article, which I think is a wonderful way of putting it at Union Pool. Anyone can feel a little like Matthew McConaughey and dazed and confused. You get older and Union Pool stays the same. Yeah, but I've never seen an old person there. <laughs> well, I've been there recently. And I mean, not recently, but I've been there within the last like six years. So you, an old person has been there. Um <laughs> So, also, I wanted to mention a really great part of Union Pool is uh, Reverend Vince Anderson, right. who <clears throat> is uh, Millicent's husband. Um, we love Millicent Sora. She's incredible. And her husband, Vince, uh, has had a 20-year or something residency yeah. at Union Pool. To see his performance is, like, truly something not to be missed. If you haven't seen it before, he still performs there when they open back up. Go check him out. It's so There's fun. also so awesome. a movie about him I saw. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm, I have the deets on that. Okay, great. Um, so Wikipedia describes Vince as a New York City-based musician. He's a regular show at Union Pool for two decades, which Time Out describes as somewhere between Wesley Willis and Tammy Faye Messner. Uh, his music is described as dirty gospel, and he has been described as a Brooklyn institution. So there is a documentary about him now called The Reverend, currently playing at IFC. I can't wait to see it. I actually watched the trailer, and Millicent is in it, which is so awesome. Um, Union Pool uh, has also – so go check that out. Uh, it's I don't know how long it's playing for, if you can stream it anywhere else, but it's so, so cool. And go see him there live when uh, it opens back up. So Union Pool has also been running a food pantry to help those needs since June 2020, started by Union Pool employees Suzanne Cub and Ryan Sawyer and provides food for about 150 people every Wednesday. And I unfortunately typically am always working on Wednesdays, but Millicent is always posting about like people going to help. So I know there's like always volunteer opportunities. It's something I'm definitely looking to do. And if you're in the area and you have capacity to help out on a Wednesday, check out, you know, Union Pool's Instagram when they open back up. I don't know if they're maybe still doing it now. Um, and you can lend a hand. Um, so uh, Suzanne Cub says community is the most important thing that we have right now. Mutual Aid is a great way to experience that. And yeah, so it's pretty awesome. And they were inspired to start the pantry by Union Pool's former owner, Alyssa Ibeta, who died six years ago. And non-perishables are provided by St. John's Bread and Life. Um, and Millicent runs the show over there. So it's like a collab effort. And that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's super great. Um, 
So a couple of other things that I wanted to just read about Yimpu, I was looking for the um, Yelp reviews or whatever Google reviews, and I couldn't really find any except for the one I read you and the one you just read us, which is incredible. (laughs) Um, But there was a big Twitter thread when Allison's article came out um, about like hookups at Union Pool. So I'm just going to read a couple of tweets that people put out. Uh, this one just says, a man once bit my face at Union Pool. End story. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Um, this person says, just popping in to say, once I went on a first date at Union Pool when I was 24, where the guy started talking to another woman around the bonfire. Within an hour, they were making out in front of me. So I got drunk on PBR and cried in the bathroom in a strapless velvet dress. <laughs> this could have very well been written by me. I just remember always, like, making, like, such eyes at people there and then like you it was truly like really like a fair, there's some kind of bizarre sexual energy that happens there like making eyes at people and then all of a sudden you're making out it's crazy um this person says i met a professional matt damon lookalike at union pool in 2011 <laughs> we didn't hook up but we did take a photo booth picture together <laughs> and then the last one is they says still waiting to be blackmailed from the pictures taken in the photo booth at union pool and i say to that me as well (laughs) i don't know so anyway super funny super fun times uh if any of you have any union pool stories that you'd like to share listener mike sala please send them on over text them to us if you're a personal friend or dm us at life's banquet podcast on (laughs) instagram.com so funny so i don't know i guess i was wondering like what should our top three be like top three favorite 2000s bars or restaurants okay well actually let me just look at my yelp reviews from that time oh my god okay while you're doing that i'll say that minor um i guess and i'm not going to include bamonti's because i'm just going to include places that were kind of silly in a way um or very up the time. So I guess my number three was Royal Oak. We would freaking go there all the time. There was always a great dance party there. It was wild. Um, my number two would be Clem's. Mm-hmm. And my number one, I guess I have to say, it was probably, it was Union Pool. I loved Taco Chulo, which I would have forgotten about if I hadn't looked at my reviews. Um, oh, yes. We also went to Caracas all the time. The oh, rape, yeah, the rape of place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would go to the, this is actually in Greenpoint, but the place that had free pizza that was like also like a venue in Greenpoint that I cannot remember the name of. Where um, was it? It was on, I don't know. It was like the only other place that gave away free pizza and also had like metal shows there. Um, there was also, oh, I used to go to Wilbur Cafe, which is not good, <laughs> but it was, oh, just, yeah. and it was in technically, I guess that's East Williamsburg. Um, there was also, I went to the lodge all the time for sure. Loved the lodge. The lodge was like the spot. And the levee. And, we hung out at the levee. And the levee. Yeah. The levee was, a, was a spot to hang out as well. I mean, oof, wow, so many places. Oh, and, like, Pies and Thighs was such a thing back in the day. But I loved Pies and Thighs when it used to be a mermaid bar. Do you remember, like, when <laughs> they were in Mermaid Bar in South Six, like, just all the way in the back? No, I don't remember. That's really funny, though. Yeah. That pl- also, Mermaid Bar was, like, a fun place. Also, Shoe Market. Way to stick around. 
Oh my God, shoe market. Is that still there? Yeah. I have oh, so yeah. many shoes there. I know. <laughs> and of course, American Apparel. Oh yeah. The American Apparel. Totally. Um, God, that was like, it was really, I don't know. It was really fun for a while. I have to say there were some very good times to be had by all. And free pizza um, everywhere you went. And so much free pizza. Let's bring that back. Okay. <laughs> I guess alligator lounge is still around. I read some article because it's they filmed some show there so now it's like having some sort of resurgence oh I forgot to mention daddy's of course oh yeah oh daddy's I that's the only bar I've ever been thrown out of (laughs) oh what did you do to get thrown out of daddy's um well I showed up wasted and sat down and ordered a pint of beer which I immediately knocked over and then I went Uh-oh. and then I went to the bathroom and was just like in there for too long because I was drunk, not because I was doing anything. Yeah. I was not doing drugs, but I guess the bartender thought I was. Um, so then the next thing I know, the bartender is like beating on the door, like, get her out of here. Um, oh my and my boyfriend at the time had to get me out up there. <laughs> but oh I wasn't even doing no. drugs. I was just drunk. Sir. That's and then we drove there home, was, and I, we still lived in this giant loft right across the street from where Roberta's ended up being. Um, and we got to the very top of the huge flights of stairs, and I dropped my purse, and it just rolled all the way back down the stairs, like, open. Like, oh, everything yeah. fell out. Um, yeah. Nice that time. <laughs> I remember one time, I just remembered one time being on Mushrooms. We were leaving, like, this party that was, like, some performance-based, like, on grand no on union uh-huh. and oh do you remember that place hope and union it was like a little brunch cafe on union it was like so delicious i don't know if i remember that place or not okay hope and union was another spot we would go to a lot anyway uh this place was on union my friends were like playing a show we like took mushrooms and we went to union pool and i made my friend ashley pee in her pants <laughs> lulu's mm-hmm. is the place in greenpoint i'm thinking of oh yes of course lulu's Man, so many fun times. I'm sure we could sit and do this forever, but we've already lost our one listener. I think. <laughs> Getting stressed out from listening to this. Um, okay, folks, we love you, and uh, we stand with you in your trauma remembering the early 2000s in Williamsburg. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I still have Bye. Bye. Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.